get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That's Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. We're going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, here on BK and Ferrario. Curbs, how you doing today, man? Brandon, doing good. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Blues doing pretty well coming out of the break. 2-0 after uh, the 11-day break for them. Uh, Curbs, have you noticed anything in particular that has stood out to you so far in their first two games back? Just playing straight line, simple hockey, making smart plays with the puck to me. And, and, you know, I've noticed these first two games, especially with Braden Shen on the line, you know, we've seen some really good hockey out of Jordan Cairo. Uh, and, and frankly, his defensive play, I think, has led to, you know, three or four of the goals that have been scored, even if he didn't figure in from a goal scoring or assist standpoint. So that's just one example of how when one line feeds the next, the next line comes over, does the same thing, and you get more of that relentless style of hockey that we have been so used to seeing under Craig Berube, and I think we've seen that fairly well here in the first two games out of the break. Speaking of that, Curves, Joey and I talked about it on post game last night. One line that I have loved to watch since the return, and honestly since the trade, has been uh, Ivan Barbashev, Nolachari, and Sammy Blay. Uh, the impact that Sammy Blay has had in two games, not just talking about the goal, but just the physicality and the uh, presence on the ice, it seems to have rubbed off on a lot of other players. Well, I, I actually... I mean, you're talking about a line with the two guys in Barbashev and Achari that lead the Blues in hits. Achari leads the Blues in hits, and Ivan Barbashev is second. And I think you could make the case even that over the course of this year, there has probably been no more consistent forward for the Blues all year than Noel Achari. So when you acquire Sammy Blay, who hadn't been playing much, who had lost some confidence because of the way he was being handled in New York, and now he comes in. Craig Berube right off the bat puts him on that number two power play unit. He puts him on a line and says, we know how you play. Go do it. They basically said, go play with two other guys that we know are going to hit and play hard every shift. And I want you to hit and play hard every shift. I don't know if that's so much because it's Sammy Blay. I just think that it's putting a player in a good spot, you know, to have his game successful. And that man, that's something that Craig Berube really for the most part has done extraordinarily well since taking over you know, the, the Blues coaching reigns in 2018. You know, it's just he has found ways to put guys in positions to be successful. And sometimes that's a young player in the press box. Sometimes it's a young player on the third line. Give him a couple bits of candy up on the, the, the top two lines. But whatever it is, he's found a way. And, and it's been a very good fit through two games for Sammy Blake, playing a very simple, hard-nosed style. 
Chris Kerb, the voice of the blues, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Kerbs, we were just having a conversation in, in our last segment, and it's a little more big picture, as we've had a lot of conversations big picture-wise with the blues uh, lately. Connor Bedard is, is a phenom, and everybody's discussing what he can be in the NHL. He's the overwhelming favorite right now to be the number one pick. Curbs, uh, I don't know how much you've heard or read or listened to about Connor Bedard, but if his if the rights to Connor Bedard were available in a trade, it's like the number one overall pick was available, right? And it was made available to every other team in the NHL. Let's say the Blues had that pick and they could trade it to literally anybody for any player. All players were made available. How many players would you want in return for that? Like if I said, hey, you can have player X, Y, and Z for Connor Bedard's rights. How many players are you taking back in return? Uh, you, you mean how many am I, am I giving up? No. Or, so or I have let, it. In- let me frame this a better way. The Blues get the number one overall pick. They've got Connor Bedard in their sights. Or they could okay. trade the rights to Connor Bedard to gotcha. you know Colorado for Kale McCarr or to uh, Florida for Matthew Kachuk. How far down on that list are you getting before you say, nope, I would rather have the rights to Connor Bedard? Uh, well, you know what? To me, you're looking at an Eric Lindros type haul. Okay. So if you go back to when Eric Lindros was drafted first overall and, and he gets drafted first overall by Quebec and the Nordiques and even said, I'm not playing for you guys. So don't even bother. And the Nordiques said, Oh, that we're drafting you anyway. Okay. And then, and there were, there were two different deals that were actually done and it actually had to go to arbitration. And, and, and the deal that apparently got done first was the deal, you know, that, that they ended up, uh, you know, that they ended up making with the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, when you look at the Flyers that got Eric Lindros, look, he went down as one of the best all-time Philadelphia Flyers. And unfortunately, concussions really did a, did a job derailing his career. But the haul that they got from Quebec, you know, that starts with, with Peter Forsberg and, and company, uh, is, is, the, is the one to me that, that set the Colorado Avalanche on two Stanley Cup championships. So um, were you, if, if you have the chance to get – and, and right now it doesn't cost you anything because you've had a bad season. You're picking, you're picking Bedard first. That haul is going to have to be, you know, a, a, a three or four top level style. You know, you, you're, you're talking about something where you're giving up three or four first round picks in a row, you know, to, to get them and that kind of thing. So it, it would be an absolutely massive haul for that to happen. I know it's pure uh, hypotheticals, Curtis. Could you see it? About. Could you could you see a team do that at the draft if somebody has that potential of drafting Connor Bedard, uh, a team willing to give up that type of haul for it? No, I, I don't right now, and 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 it's not so much because I don't think some people wouldn't be curious to try. You know, almost the Mike. What was it, Mike Ditka with the? Was it Mike Ditka with the New Orleans Saints that gave up his entire draft to get Ricky Williams? Right. So if if I remember that right, so like, but I look at the teams right now that that could get him. I, I look at the Columbus Blue Jackets. I look at the Anaheim Ducks. Um, you know, I look at the Chicago Blackhawks. Hell, I look at the St. Louis Blues in that sense. And I can't see any one of those teams getting a big enough haul from another team to, to make that worth it. You know, I mean, cause in, in all fairness, there was no way that the, the Quebec Nordiques were trading Eric Lindros, except for the fact that he demanded it and said, I'm never going to play for you. Right. So in, in that sense, those teams that would be picking Bedard first, it's like, it, it really is like the Edmonton Oilers 
and there's a feeling it's him being a generational player. It's like the Edmonton Oilers not picking Connor McDavid. You know, I mean, this isn't a this isn't a Toronto Maple Leafs getting you know a Nylander or you know or somebody like that uh, with a slightly later pick. This is this is a guy that really is a consensus top stud, and I just. Man, it's fun to think about it. I love, I love the topic. I really do. So I just I cannot see one of those teams giving it. I can't see one of those teams saying any package is big enough not to claim them. So here's like a, a putting a name on it, right, Curves? If it, let's say the Blues ended up with the number one pick, they won the lottery. They had like the sixth, seventh best yeah. odds, and they ended up getting the number one overall pick in this year's draft. They've they've got the opportunity to draft a generational player. And the Florida Panthers call and they say, we'll give you the hometown here. A Matthew Kachuk uh, is available to you. You got to take on that whole contract, but Matthew Kachuk is available. We'll give you him for the the rights to the number one pick. If you're Doug Armstrong, Matthew Kachuk's 24 years old, but he's also very expensive. Are you doing that? Or is it going to take like significantly more than a guy like Matthew Kachuk, who's one of the best players in the NHL, to be able to get that number one overall pick this year? Oh, no, I think it's I think it's taken. It, it's going to take you more than that. You know, it, it's me. Yeah, I mean, it would it, it would take a Matthew Kachuk and a and a Verhage and, and a couple other players. To me, for example, like you know, you, you you'd be talking like you'd be talking more like a like like take the Edmonton Oilers. You'd be saying, okay, let's start with Drysaddle, add Darnell Nurse in, and let's see who your top prospects are, right? You, you know. But what it, are the it, odds it, it, that he it, actually becomes that good, Curbs? That's what I think is crazy. Like, I, I'm not even saying you're wrong. You're right. But the odds that he becomes anything like a dry sidle are in like minuscule to say the least. Okay, so I have to, so oh uh, man, not not Alexi Jitnik. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. The New York Islanders forward that was taken first overall. It was really one of the last real first overall busts as a forward. I I, I go back up. Alexi Yashin. I believe yeah. his name. I think yeah. I think it was Alexi Ashen, right? Yeah. Okay. It was. And then and then I I go to I go I go to another trade. You know, it was it, it was uh, you know the Islanders. I believe the Islanders traded. Was it the Islanders? Yeah, the Islanders traded the first overall pick to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then the Penguins with that pick ended up taking Mark Andre Fleury, um, or was it the Panthers? What one of those in, in that situation the happened that there? Traded for it. The traded Panthers. the pick. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then and then look what Mark Andre Fleury became, and, and what he meant to that Pittsburgh. Very few times is the first overall pick a true bust. You know, I'm watching Aaron Ekblad play last night for the Florida Panthers, and and he, sometimes the expectations of a defenseman. You know, I, I, obviously Eric Johnson was not the right pick for the St. Louis Blues when you look at what Stahl and what Jonathan Taves have become. But then you look at the whole picture of Eric Johnson's career and now a Stanley Cup champion, and, and he wound up being a hell – like, he was not a bust of a hockey player, right? Just not and, – and so, to me, I think when you see enough hockey people that look at his overall skill, yeah, could it – could something go? Could, could it maybe he not be quite as good? Yeah, but even if – even if he's not quite as good as what people think he's going to be, it's hard to imagine him not still being one hell of a hockey player here. This one doesn't. This, I, I actually understand what you're saying, BK, a lot. This one doesn't feel like it's got question marks of bust on it, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't. There's a lot fewer question marks on that one. Um, you know, go 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 back to you know if, if you were if you were the Winnipeg Jets and when you took Patrick Liney, right, second overall. Uh, you know, that's still a hell of a hockey player. It didn't pan out for you, but it's a hell of a hockey player. Yeah. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure that teams are really going to trade a whole bunch of. I'm not sure the Winnipeg Jets were willing to even give up that second pick because Patrick Lining, some people consider to be a first overall pick. But to your point, to your point, a very fair point. Like the, the draft is always a bit of a gamble, but it, it just doesn't seem that uh, that this would be it. Now I will. I will show throw you one quick fun nugget to you. I was I was told by a former general manager in the National Hockey League, a GM that put a Stanley Cup team together that was up there watching the World Junior Championships that said Connor Bedard was without a doubt the best forward in that age group, right? She said Jimmy Snuggerud was probably the second best forward, and the Blues already had him as a prospect. I thought that was kind of a cool All statement right. that he made. So Bedard and Snuggerud, future Blues. I like it, Curbs. Somebody on the text line said Alex would say no if Pareko was straight up <laughs> for Bedard. <laughs> Curbs, we appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy yourself this weekend. Enjoy that Devils game, and we'll talk with you again soon. Yeah, boy, Alex is just a pinata for the day. You know, he? Seems about right. <laughs> it's Chris Gerber, voice right, of the boys. Always appreciate his time. Here on the show.